Hi everyone, welcome to the latest edition of Brio HR, Do It With Brio. I'm really excited today because I get the chance to talk about something which I know quite a lot about, recruitment and hiring. And even more excited because I have Mei Wa Chan uh, on the podcast with me. Uh, Mei's actually been recruiting in Malaysia for, is it 12, 12 years now? Almost 12 years, no, almost 11, 12. 10 11 years. years, almost 11 years, yes. And she's been with Michael Page uh, that, that whole time. And in fact, now I, I understand you're heading up uh, Page Executive. What's, the, what's the, the difference between Michael Page and Page Executive? Yeah. Um, well, Michael Page sort of covered most of the, the, the middle management level, right? So Page Exec is very much the C-level executive search. Um, clearly, they are much lower volume, um, a much more targeted search. So we're talking about the number one um, and the number two uh, within the structure of a business. Yeah, so it's just a much higher level and uh, more uh, exclusive type of level of search. Yeah, so it's not really the volume and more of the volume campaigns that we do a lot within page contracting, micro page brands. So yeah, so that's the real difference. And actually, yeah, an another exciting thing is that Michael Page is actually partnering with Brio HR on uh, yeah. page using Brio HR's payroll and timesheet software to manage the contractors uh, with, with their clients. So fantastic to get to work with a, a global brand like Michael Page. Um, but one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because I get so many people approaching me and asking me about scaling their business, uh, especially in Southeast Asia. Um, I get a lot of kind of startup founders um, uh, and people from VC firms really just wanting to grab an hour, an hour with me just to pick my brain on how to scale their business quickly, how to hire and recruit quickly in, in, in Southeast Asia. Um, and I, I jump on the phone with them or jump on a call with them and I give them my response. But, but actually, although there is a right way to recruit and a wrong way, there's actually many right ways. And the advice I give them is based on my experience and based on my background, mostly in in-house recruitment. So it's always good to understand somebody else's opinion on, on, on how these things happen. Someone from a, uh, an, an agency background. Outsource to um, Michael Page. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, that's, that's one way to do it. But um, I mean, I've always, I've always really heavily, heavily pushed uh, employer branding, um, the importance yeah. of employer branding and, and the value that it can add. But actually, in reality, if I look back at my past 10 years in, in recruitment, almost 90% of the people I've hired at iFlix, at Lazada, at VOHR, they've actually been directly headhunted by me. Um, so it's, it's, it's always interesting to understand what's the purpose of employer branding, as in trying to attract the right candidate, but also the purpose of headhunting, as in actually trying to reach out and engage with qualified candidates. But how, how, how do you focus and, and get a balance between those two when, when you're trying to help clients ramp up their hiring and hire at, at pace? Yeah, um, I believe from coming from a professional agency, the, the difference is that we, we will always have the network of talents, right? So clearly, I'm sure you, you would do the same, right, John? I mean, you access the people that you already know, you've interviewed before, you've got the relationship and you know that, you know, 
actually good for the role. That's always the first access. Uh, I think that's the benefit of obviously outsourcing because then we've already got the ready network of talents, right? So that, in my view, allow um, us to provide a, a quick turnaround of, um, you know, um, candidates, right? But also still focusing on the quality. Um, but I do agree um, when it comes to some of the, you know, startup businesses or companies that are really looking to scale very, very quickly, um, even my team may not be able to deliver, right? If they come to us and say, we need 50, we need 100, uh, it's a very different business model. And, and, and that's where uh, we also have an outsourcing business that actually runs in, uh, mm. and recruit in a very different approach, right? So clearly, they you need more dedicated team that um, just be really managing the whole process, right? Whether it's through uh, a region of advertising, uh, through their own network, along with headhunting, right? And really doing a whole combination of uh, a focus search, right? And making sure that they are really interviewing and scaling um, those CVs to the to hiring managers and working in very close partnership. Um, I think that's actually a very, very important part uh, with the direct mm -hmm. hiring managers. Um, I feel the, the downside when you're having just HR managing it, they may not know all the different requirements and so many different functions. You know, getting hiring involves uh, makes a huge difference in that speed of turnaround time, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on the kind of skill. In the end of the day, you do need um, the additional uh, workforce to actually help do a lot of the back-end work, right? We all know yeah. recruitment, anyone can do that. Hirings can actually hire themselves because they're the best. But it's really not having the time and the resources to be able to actually run through the whole back-end of the work. Um, and I think that's that's probably, you know, firms that, that need to scale very quickly will probably need to use a number of different avenues, including the internal, um, you know, HR, the internal TA team, their direct headhunting, along with outsourcing to the right kind of partners as well. Um, and of course, getting preferential rate, if it's actually the kind of volume and scale, there are uh, clearly a different fee structure to such situation as well. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it has to be a one size fit all because when it comes to the volume, um, they can't really just rely on like the internal approach, in my view. And that's why they come to you for help, right? <laughs> no, of course, of, of course. But I mean, I always really try and push employer branding um, and pe yes. people people think that I do that in order to attract people to apply uh, and, and, and and things like this. But but again, in, in reality, that that actually doesn't really work. Um, the reason I do employer branding is so that when I headhunt someone or send them a message or try and get in touch so that they already know who I am, they already know my company, I don't have to explain who I am. And instead of getting a 20% response rate when I'm when I'm sending out messages, I get a 60% response rate because people mm. are excited to get the message. But does yeah. is, is there a noticeable difference for you when you're headhunting? Yeah. You're, you're, you're not necessarily using your own brand. You're, you're hiring for other companies. Yeah. Is there a yeah. noticeable difference in response rate when you are hiring for companies with a, a good employer brand versus uh, completely new startups who no one has ever heard of? Yeah. Uh... My answer would be mix. <laughs> now, look, we, we use our brand to attract candidates. So that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's different because we're sort of third party, right? But, um, but because we represent so many different brands and when we approach candidates and sell them the organization, uh, not necessarily the big brands means they, I mean, of course, the likes of your, I mean, if you Google and LinkedIn, these sort of big companies, they don't use agency because they're such a great brand. People will always want to work for them, right? Mm -hmm. But there are also some very big brands where um, a lot of times because you've got such a strong brand already, there's also certain stereotype impression of the culture, of the business and how they work. And it almost become a ripple effect that the moment people hear their brand, they're like, oh, I'm not interested. I heard this, I heard that. You know, my friends told me this, I'm not really keen to join. So 
it, it, it could go both ways, right? Um, but I've also worked with um, um, you know, organizations where they don't have a very strong brand, but they've got some real interesting uh, work that they're doing, the products, the, the values, and the culture. And then that's where we spend a lot of time talking about uh, the business branding per se like what are their vision and all that and if they have something well set out personally i think it's way more exciting selling those sort of businesses as well right because it's a bit of a blank piece of paper um candidates uh, you know they don't really know what they do but they're more interested to find out a little bit more about the business right so you know i th- i personally i don't think it's always about like the size or the scale it really is depends on how consistent organization have their so-called employer branding but do they live and breathe that brand and the values when they're engaging with candidates. The biggest challenge that I have as a recruiter is I work with organizations where they say they this is how they operate, but then when they interview and when candidates meet them, it's totally the opposite, right? And that's usually one very big sort of turn off for a lot of talents, right? They don't see that consistency. Yeah. So my view and my advice for organization is just making sure that you have to cascade that brand. You know, it's, it's you can't have that that HR or the head of talent that's actually driving these brand uh, uh, values, but then it doesn't actually connect with the hirings that are actually going to be the one, you know, conducting the interviews. So, yeah. you know, I think that that consistency has to be really, really key. You know, every single stage yeah. of the interview, you know, it has to yeah. sort of be yeah. um, same. It's, it's actually far. It's it has a very negative effect on hiring uh, to have a a fake employer brand. And, I, and I've learned that the hard way, having uh, when I first started getting into employer branding, just shouting out and saying how positive things were, how amazing things are. Uh, but then when people come on board and they realize it's not that fairy story, uh, it's not uh, as, the, as the brand made it, then they leave after six months. And it's it would have been better if they hadn't joined in the first place uh, because it's, yeah. it, it takes up so much time training them, getting them up to speed, doing all these extra things. If they leave in six months, you've wasted six months of, of your time. When you could have just hired somebody, some some somebody who uh, had a clearer idea of the expert expectations. Um, yeah. But again, yeah. for, for 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 me, I mean, when I first joined Brio HR, we hadn't gone to market yet. We had very little publicity, and if 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 I if I was messaging a hundred candidates, I could expect only about twenty percent um, reply rate because nobody knew who we were. We had no yeah. name in the market. But then fast forward to two and a half years where we've spent an enormous amount of time building our brand on social media and getting the message out there. Now I can realistically expect a 60% reply rate. Yeah. And yeah. actually when we're, when we're hiring for niche roles, some of the niche roles we hire for on the development side, there might only be a hundred people in Malaysia who have the skills that, that we need. So yeah. 20% of a hundred versus 60% of a hundred, that's, that's a huge difference um when when we're trying to hire uh people quickly um yeah. that, that's one of the subjects that people ask me about is how do, how do they hire quickly uh it's not it's not an easy subject to answer and 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 especially yeah. i tell them sometimes you do have to slow down because sometimes you will make decisions based on speed rather yeah. than based on quality and you end up hiring a candidate who is actually not that great but you think he can kind oh, of do the and I want someone to yeah. feel this. Um, how 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 do you get that balance? Because you've got the you've got the added pressure of uh, being a vendor to the client, and they have expectations. They're paying you. They have expectations yeah. of what you have to deliver. How do you get that balance of speed versus quality? Um, I don't do everything my client asks me to. 
I have to, you know, be honest. I have to be very transparent and back myself. Um, a lot of times we get pressure from our clients all the time because they expect outsourcing means that we should be able to deliver you know, any kind of search, anytime. Uh, but the reality is, like you, like you mentioned, John, like te technology, you know, it's a very competitive market. Some of the good talents are, it's such a small pool and they have, uh, you know, th there's such a demand for these talents, right? So if there really is, say, um, a limited, you know, pool of talent, I'm not going to go and tell the client, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot out there. I'll continue finding them. Right. And there, there are going to be some situation where it will take more time and we'll just have to explain uh, and, and, and really push back uh, and manage the expectation. Uh, you know, I think the, the thing about recruitment it is about managing stakeholders uh, and, and giving them an overview um, of what's available, what not. Because um, a lot of times, if let's just say there really isn't, like you mentioned, the, 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 the specific development developer roles that Bureau HR looks for is not a lot. Let's just say if you've you've maximized the you know all the resources, then what are you going to do? We have to think about different solutions, right? And what I've seen some clients do is that okay, they've hired candidates that actually may not be ex experienced, but they invest a lot in looking at training, upskilling them, developing those talent, uh, mm -hmm. and actually, you know, they've then sort of still hit um, either their headcount and their hiring process as well, right? So. I mean, I think companies who are looking to scale, they have to be prepared that um, they can't just approach one strategy and one size fits all. Um, you know, Asia, Malaysia, it's a very candidate-driven market. You know, it, 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 the market's growing very, very rapidly. Uh, I believe it's not really an employer's world. It really is an employee's world. Um, so they do have to be adaptable, right? And really sort of adapt depending on the, the kind of roles that they're recruiting for, right? Because I think every specialist, every function is a little bit different. So, so I think that is, is key um, to really understand uh, what are the challenges and how they can actually approach that space better to make sure that they are attracting the best talents as well. Yeah. There's, there's definitely different strategies for even with the same company, but for different roles, you do have to approach recruitment differently. If you're hiring marketers versus finance people versus developers, there's a, there's a different strategy for for each one so there's, it's not even one size fits fits all even within a company you have to you have to try many different uh avenues for different types of roles but do you, do you also get frustrated with clients procedures uh and policies when it comes to recruitment uh in terms of maybe taking too long to get replies uh too many needless interviews massive uh all the time i mean that's the reality. I, I deal with many different clients, so definitely, like the oh, the list is just it's an exhausted list, right? And I mean, having a long process is still not the most frustrating. Um, inconsistent approach in hiring, right? Changing expectation or having five rounds of the interview and every single stakeholder is not involved in that communication. They're all looking for something different. Or worse still, you're getting a candidate go through five stages of process and the interview is exactly the same. They're asking the same question, repeating the same question, and making the candidate feel that have you have you really not looked at my profile or have you not have you not yeah. really listened to some of the things I've mentioned so that's actually one real uh, frustrating aspect right um, and, and then I feel when, when those situations happens candidates will think that they don't really know what they're looking for right and it's actually as much as it's a great job a great company it can be a real turnoff uh, for many candidates right um, so you know I think being there needs to be a good flow. You know, the companies need to be a bit more consistent in what they're looking for and actually communicate uh, and make sure that they 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 are putting in process that actually makes sense. Not just say, let's put an assessment. For example, I see a lot of HR do that. They do it at the end of the process. Okay. Oh, they didn't score well. We're going to reject the candidate. But I'm like, that's not what personality assessment is all about. It should be a tool to help you, you know, yeah. assess the candidates in that process, right? So 
there's still unfortunately a lot of process that's put in place nothing against HR professionals, but there are some that's just very mandatory because of HR processes, but then they're not really thinking through and involving stakeholders. They're actually the ones hiring, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of frustrating uh, process and all sorts of uh, examples I can give you if we have all the, yeah. all the time in the world. But yeah, it, it definitely, there's a, it can be frustrating in some of the, not just lengthy process, but it's just um, process that may not make sense at times, right? Yeah. Definitely. And I think for, for me, again, one of the, the key things I try to get across to people is that if, 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 you're, if you want to hire the best person in the market, and especially for startups, uh, for smaller companies that are going through a high growth phase, their target should be to hire the best person in the market. And in reality, the best person in the market is not looking for a job. They're not going to apply for a job. Uh, yeah. they're, 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 you, you, you're going to have to sell it to them. You're going to have to try hard to get in touch with them get them on a conversation and they're going to drop out as soon as they feel that they are being undervalued, disrespected because they're not, they're not actively looking. They're open to, to an exciting opportunity. But if you dilly dally, if you make them fill out tons of forms, if yep. you treat them like uh, uh, a commodity, they're, they're, they're going to drop off. And I think for, the advice that I give to most startups is you've got to stop thinking about hiring as a as recruitment, as an HR function. You've got to think about it the same way as you think about marketing and selling your product. Yeah. You think yeah. about the recruitment journey and the, and the candidate journey the same way you think of your... Uh, um, your consumers, uh, right? The customer experience. Your customer experience. It's, it's, yeah. it's exactly the same. If it's too long that the, the, the customer drops off, like on Lazada or Shopee or any other portal, if you if you if you can't work out how to pay for the product, or if the payment process takes too long, you you just think forget it. I'm yeah. gonna go and yeah, it's and exactly my, with recruitment. My industry is exactly the same. You know, you know, it's not always the case of like, can I get a job for a candidate? The candidate would still want to work with recruiters like ourselves because of the follow-up, the level of service, you know, the advice and 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 really that relationship that we built with them. Right, um, and and that's what really takes us far. Um, and a lot of frustrating feedback, you know, even even candidates don't want to work with certain consultants because it's just, oh, you know, they never got a call again. You know, I went for the interview, and I never got any feedback. So you know, even in my industry, we get some of those challenges, right? So yeah, I totally agree that 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 experience, um, it just has to be seamless and and consistent that follow-up and you know giving someone that very honest feedback. Um, and even if you have concern, you have question, don't be afraid to share it. Right. What I've yeah. seen some companies is they put in like five, six, seven reference checks and just, you know, over, almost over the top. Right. And it's like, OK, you're hiring someone in the end of the day. You need to make sure that there is a trust involved. But then when it's just almost a bit to the extreme, maybe it could be some feedback that they hear and they just want to go <laughs> yeah. the extra mile, which I understand. Um, but I think there just needs to be a really fine line that you remember it's it's um, it's, it's a two way sort of partnership. Yeah, and and the, the bit about you saying um, organization needs to be able to know how to attract. Um, the attracting bit is about how do they also sell the opportunity um, um, to the potential talents, right? Because they're the ones that have options. And, you know, I think that's actually a very, very important part. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just about the candidate selling to them, you know, because we're the employer, we're the, hire, we're the one hiring. Actually, it's, it's really more the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> no, de 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 definitely. And, I, you know, I hope, uh, my next question won't offend you. It's definitely not 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 meant that way. Um, but <laughs> recruiters in house and agency.
but especially agency recruiters do sometimes mm -hmm. get a bad reputation. Um, uh, I, I think there's there's always that wonder: are they are they are they more focused on making their client happy or more focused on making the the candidate happy? And definitely yeah. for myself, as a I was a, a, a kind of average agency recruiter at uh, at Robert Waters. Um, but then I moved in house, and without without sounding too arrogant, I'm very good at at, at what I do. But there, there shouldn't be a difference between being an agency recruiter and being an in house recruiter. But I was good at one, and I was kind of average at, at the other. Um, and when I think about it, it's it's because I was I was selling opportunities before. I was having having to find candidates for companies that I didn't like candidates for hiring managers that I didn't like. It was just about the, the money. Whereas when I became a in-house recruiter, I only joined companies that I genuinely wanted to work for. Therefore, when I was speaking to candidates and talking about the opportunity, I yeah. wasn't telling, I was just telling them really how, how I, how yeah. I felt. Um, but how, how, how do you get that balance of having, getting paid by the client and, and having to fulfill a, a role for them but then uh, I guess having an ethical obligation to the candidate yeah. to yeah. make sure that they are going into a role that they will like, that they will enjoy, and that's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, you know, clearly there are going to be all types of organization. And if you ask me, have I ever walked away from um, some companies after starting to work with them and then you get the feedback or then they start to sort of act the way you know, based on the feedback that they hear. And for me, I, I you know, I, I have certain values and ethics myself. And if I feel like I have to go to the extent of actually almost not telling the truth to a candidate in order to attract them to join an organization and almost to borderline, like, do I have to lie? Um, yeah, I think that's when we we do walk away. I think that's the real difference of going, like, we're working in an agency and in-house, right? And in-house, you have to fill all the roles that, uh, you know, you have a hundred headcount, you have to fill the hundred headcount. For us in the agency, like, we don't we don't fill our roles. You know, we, we can politely explain to a client why we can't uh, assist them anymore. It could be, you know, we don't have the capacity whatsoever. Uh, we can walk away from businesses, right? Uh, and for me, that is something that I, I, I do <laughs> if uh, I, I believe that, um, you know, there's certain aspects of the business that... Um, it's going to be very difficult for us. And generally, it's always about whether it's ethics or the way to do business. And, and you know, I think there's certain ground rules that I do stick to myself, right? Um, mm. But of course, going to other organizations that um, you know, they might not be the most perfect business, but I believe as recruiter, you know, our job is to also identify the right kind of candidate that fits into those organizations, right? Because I truly believe it's, it's all about a match. You know, not every candidate will fit every single role, right? Um, so that's what we do is what we really get to know um, well, at least I get to know the hiring, the founders and the business really, really well, their culture, um, and really then look at what kind of candidates and the right talent that will fit and survive in that culture. So let's just say I'm using an example, if it's a very tough environment to survive and every people usually leave that business and these things do happen, right? But what I don't do is not share these information. You know, I am very upfront with candidates about certain challenges of a business, what are some of the dynamics and um why some people leave, you know, what, what's the reason for their attrition as well. Uh, and also be honest with candidates and let them make that informed decision when they get to meet with the hirings, right? Um, of course, there will be some challenges where some candidates, you know, will not be excited to 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 proceed. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, there will be some candidates who keep it very open-minded, right? Um, and then, of course, we will look at what are some of the aspects that can still attract them to take a job like this, right? So for me, it's really matching people for the right role. Yeah, so there's always going to be a candidate right for 
every single company, unless the expectation from one organization is almost like unrealistic to what they can attract, then that's where I then sit down with a client and go, look, this is the challenges. We've spoken to this amount of people. Every single person is rejected because of this. So where we um, add value to our clients, not also just all about finding candidates for them. It's also giving them a lot of raw feedback, what the market's saying about them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really yeah. down to them whether they want to do anything <laughs> about it. Right. Some 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 clients, um, they really take the feedback and they they think about ways of working on it. But clearly there's some that's, you know, maybe not that that's straightforward because it could be a legacy issue or so yeah, you know, we do really extend that feedback. It's not just about the candidates, but you know, we do give a lot of feedback to clients as well. Yeah, because at right. the end of the day, they need to know the truth in order for yeah. them to hire. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And you know, I've I've uh, I, I guess I got into recruitment at around the same time that LinkedIn launched. Um, yeah. I think for the for the the first year that I was in recruitment, I didn't even have a LinkedIn account. By the time I moved in house with iFlix, I used almost nothing except LinkedIn uh, to mm. find candidates. Uh, mm. And as, as I said, across iFlix, Link, uh, Lazada, and Brio HR, almost ninety percent of the people that we've hired have come via directly being headhunted via LinkedIn. Um, and of course, social media, whether it's Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the other new ones that I don't use like TikTok and things like this, they actually make it so easy to build an employer brand. Someone who is kind of not creative and can actually still go out, use their use their phone, use their uh, devices just to create a, 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 a very powerful employer brand very, very quickly. And with LinkedIn, you have access to a huge, huge global database essentially of of, of candidates instinctively I would think that that's has a negative impact on uh, recruitment agencies but actually as LinkedIn has grown as social media has grown the global recruitment market the value of that market has also substantially grown and continued to, to grow and I, and I believe Michael Page is having great still having great year-on-year -year growth um, how 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 do you deal with the fact that actually your your clients and potential clients now have access to essentially the same database as you have access yeah. to a more powerful branding uh, opportunities. Um, uh, how, how do you think recruitment agencies will have to evolve as these tools get more powerful and as the clients uh, or, or companies, internal recruiters have more opportunity and more power to find candidates themselves? Yeah. Yeah. No, I always get asked this question, you know, um, do, you know, do you think, you know, platforms like LinkedIn or social media will then sort of make my role redundant at some point. Um, in fact, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I mean, a lot of people say like, will technology take away this job, right? Where you are interviewing with a robot and then you get a job, like maybe, but I still think technology will be more of a tool to assist in hiring process rather than totally take the human aspect out of the way. Um, I believe you still can't take away having a an individual like ourselves with the experience and the expertise to be able to invest those relationship and conversation and interview and assess and sort of identify talents for our clients very, very quickly, right? Um, but, but I have to agree, you know, uh, the competition is more fierce, you know, no longer it's just with agencies, but now with in-house recruiters, they, like yourself, you've, you've got LinkedIn account, they can do the, the recruitment themselves, you know, uh, some very good in-house recruiters can fill all the jobs themselves and they barely give us any more roles. And that, that's the reality. Right. Um, but 
we're not trying to say that we're gonna we're here to sort of support our clients for for all the recruitment, and it's it's never realistic. They 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 have a cost uh, to be um, to be sensitive to. Uh, they're not going to spend that much money always outsourcing, but it always just goes back to certain critical roles or certain roles that they really don't have the capacity to fill. I think that's where we then come in and add value with our expertise as well. Right. Uh, and also it just depends on the resources. Um, if you say like a company that's looking to scale, if they have an in-house team that's actually say two or three people, you know, they may not necessarily be able to meet the requirements. Right. So it all still goes back to the resources and the time to invest in that whole hiring process. Um, so we do work with in-house recruiters as well, as much as they are meant to be doing the in-house recruitment. But there are still going to be vacancies that they can't support due to yeah. the expectation and the pressure. That's where they then still have to sort of outsource to, um, you know, recruiters like ourselves who already have the access and, and, and database of network um, to really assist them in that process as well. Yeah. So I, I don't think it would totally, you know, diminish um, my line of work. Maybe you think so, John. <laughs> but uh, but I, I really more more so, you know, think it's it's actually going to be a tool firms that don't really embrace the technology then yeah they might be left behind um but like for us we totally embrace um the technology and you and, and definitely uh use it as a tool for us to also access uh, a wider network of talents as well so yeah i think embracing and evolving are the, are the key terms there for, for me in, in-house recruitment versus agency recruitment in in-house will always be a cost center uh, whereas agency will always be a a profit or revenue center so mm. a, a, agency will always be more powerful because they, that, that's how they make their money rather, rather than that's how they on in-house is how that's how they save money uh mm. so there's 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 always so much more investment for agencies in in, in recruitment but the trick yeah. is will they will they evolve and change to leverage technology or yeah. uh, would, would would they stay traditional and die out the same way that taxis Live out because of yeah. Uber uh, and other yeah. other yeah. go out go out go out of date. But actually, yeah. AD side always has the advantage because they generate revenue, whereas in-house HR does not generate uh, a revenue. So yeah. quite, quite 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 an interesting subject. But I think that's that's all we've got time for today, me. Thank you so much for uh, uh, spending some time with me. If someone does want to reach out to you uh, and and maybe get Michael Page to help them with their recruitment. What's the best way for them to, to get in touch? Um, I can sort of put my email and contact number down. Not a problem. Anytime I can reach out to me as well, and I'll you know connect the uh, prospective uh, you know interest to the right uh, team and consultants as well. Fantastic. I'll put all the links uh, below uh, when we release the podcast. So again, thank you so much. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining today. If you do want a personalized session with myself, either to help you find talent in the market or for, for to help you find a job, just reach out to me via LinkedIn and I'll do my best to, to get in touch with you. Thanks for joining everyone.